Her star power was evident in her audition tape as Miley competed against a thousand other girls for Hannah Montana. This is the audition that got her picked from over a thousand others to play the role of Hannah. So come and take some time and dance with me. You have to be willing to rewatch a movie. Oh, hell yeah. Is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. You know, we love China, we love no playing there. It comes a dunk. Shut up and listen. You think you're better than me? Yeah, so we were talking about <laughs> where to begin with this. Yeah, we, we were talking about those toe picks. Mm-hmm. Doug really struggling with the toe picks. Christian was talking to us about the montage, the music. Marveling at the montage. I wasn't just talking about the montage. I was I, right. I'm missing basking, it. basking you know, and bathing, letting the montage wash over you and yes, reveling it's, it's really in great. the beauty. You can sense that Doug is growing as a skater, as a man, as a person. Mm-hmm. And as I recall, you know, this little montage ends. He's learned the hard lessons yep. of the toe pick. And this is the first time where Doug and Kate get a little bit closer. Mm. They are sitting down and... They're having a laugh. He's having a laugh, but he's also... He's playing hockey against a Zamboni for a moment. Wait, sorry. Also, first, Sorry, but... I know, I know. So, oh, boy, here we go. Back up. We're two minutes in. <laughs> Before we get to the the, the Zamboni uh, and Kate, uh, like, reading a book uh, in a Barca lounger, still in her skates, we just have to... Um, pay a little bit more respect and 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 give a little bit more you know propers to the toe pick montage because uh obviously the song is great we mentioned that street of dreams by nia peoples but we have to just give a little time to to appreciate kate moira saying like the the toe pick like i can't tell you like how just delighted and tickled like my older sisters and I were watching this scene and every time she says those words it's just it gets better and better every time yeah she She, like sings it (laughs) it is beautiful it's the sound of angels from heaven every time Topic comes out of her mouth. It is just it's the one line that I think every person who knows anything about cutting edge, they're gonna go, Topic. You're right. It is. It's the line that that has stood the test of time. It is the yeah, it's it's topic is is what you is what you take away. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Which is crazy. Like just Can we talk about such a simple topics themselves? Like so so (laughs) what 
What was unique exactly about Atopic? It was something that was at the front of figure skates, but not ice hockey skates. Is that it? Correct. Yes. It, it, the like, purpose... so the idea that Doug Doug is struggling with this yes. because he's only used ice hockey skates before, not figure skates. Yes. Because Doug is a Neanderthal who just crawled out of the ooze and <laughs> only knows the primordial ooze. <laughs> the primordial ooze. He has barely learned to stop dragging his knuckles against the the dirt. This man knows only how to skate with skates that really offer no uh, other purpose than to glide very fast back yep. and forward. Whereas He's never used the toe, toe pick. pick, the reason mm-hmm. is to stop on a dime and to potentially get lift is my understanding all right so toe moves are things you're doing on your toe picks so before you get started you want to be very comfortable up on those toe picks you know you can practice your tap toe jumps you can practice your bunny hop jumps just so that you're really confident and strong up on those toes so the first thing we're going to do is play around with a couple of poses that you can strike up on those toe picks all right so the first one is going to be with your legs crossed so you're going to step out i'm going to do it with my left foot but you can obviously do this with either foot step out really strong with that left toe and then i'm going to cross my right and squeeze my thighs together all right so squeeze all right now this can be done I like to do this right at the very beginning of a program when I'm sort of creating the mood of the program but you can you can do a lot of things with your upper body you can do up right to lift up like you're looking up at the stars you can go back right there's uh, you can go down but the idea is your toes you're stepping out with one crossing the other into the front and you're the 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 strength of this position happens when you kind of clamp your thighs together as strong as you can basically be able to hoist and throw yourself into the air and the only way to do that is to have the ability to stop on the ice that's what the toe pick the is claws right? the yes claws. claws at the front of the toe yes the, and it the also toe pick chunks yeah. up the ice real real bad yes yeah it's specifically used for for jumps in figure skating um and i should i'll i'll just drop a little bit of uh, extra knowledge right here uh, so in the, um, in the sport of figure skating, uh, there are, uh, I believe there are six different jumps. Let me just confirm that. Um, how uh, dare uh, you, you haven't confirmed this going to this. How dare you, sir? Mr. Gorbachev. Mr. Gorbachev. <laughs> down this wall. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah, there are, there are six common, common jumps in the sport of figure skating which can be divided into two groups. There are uh, toe jumps, which include uh, the toe loop, the flip, and the lutz. And there are edge jumps, which are the sow cow, the loop, and the axle. The axle is, is sort of the most famous one, the one that you've, you've probably all heard of. Sure. Um, and, um, and of course, among those jumps, you can do singles, doubles, triples, even up to quadruples. It, it has been done. Uh, these various jumps, but so basically, for uh, for a toe jump, um, you use the 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 toe pick to to kind of like you know catch a little a little friction, a little uh, you know um, kind of what's the word uh, you know like grip on the ice to to help launch your you know it's the equivalent of of jumping off the ball of your foot to dunk a basketball, whereas an edge jump is done from the flat, so the skate is flat on the surface of the ice and you're literally jumping like flat footed while gliding 
off of the the skate itself as opposed to angling up onto the the toe pick so just a little bit of uh, something to keep in mind. I appreciate that you basically somehow managed to work basketball into <laughs> all you basketball fans out there. Figure skating, it's, it's just like pod, basketball, folks. It's just yeah, like, yeah. Just like jumping up for a basketball dunk. And just remember, remember that, those those uh, those descriptions, uh, those definitions, because they will come up again later. Uh, not perhaps during this uh, session, but uh, at some point we will get into more detail about the various jumps and the uh, some of the historical figures who have uh, achieved said jumps. So, yes. Do we feel comfortable moving on to the ice packs on the hips? Oh. Are we good with picks? <laughs> yes. I forgot Let's if I mentioned it. that briefly at the end of, of the last time, but yeah, the fact that Doug is wearing ice packs on his haunches with no pants <laughs> while at a dinner table uh, with uh, Anton Pemchenko, who at this point he's known for a few days it's not long into their their partnership um and ben let's just confirm it now anton does have a bottle of stoli yep, there openly the drinking a bottle of stoli, <laughs> stoli vodka on the on the table because after all he is russian or perhaps mm-hmm. ukrainian it's a little mysterious his past <laughs> as we've discussed yep and doug has those ice packs with a nice with an uh, ace bandage around his waist they're uh, glued Strapped right onto his hips, he's been falling on his sides out there on the ice with Moira. With Moira, so uh, you know, you know, he's in pain. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to um, back to the ice. We're gonna play a little ice hockey here now, Christian. We have Moira reading her book, Doug uh, playing hockey against the Zamboni. This is a very fun scene. Mm-hmm. He's pretending that he's Wayne Gretzky, like a kid, like a, like a like a little 10-year-old out on the rink, you know, doing yep. his moves, pretending he's the great one. Absolutely. And Kate is just not having it. She's bundled up in a little blankie <laughs> in a personal giant comfy chair overlooking yeah. this dolt of a man playing against a personal Zamboni. I assume this is, she has a very nice Zamboni. It was not a used Zamboni. It looks like a very professional oh, yeah. Zamboni at the facility in Greenwich. And eventually Doug, uh, you know, skates over and is taping up his stick. And this is when Doug gets a little closer to Kate, where she realizes very quickly, she asks him what kind of stuff he reads. You're so bored. Why don't you read? What, you mean a book? That is a traditionally accepted format, yes. Beginning of a conversation here? It's just simply asking if you knew how to read. Yes. Doug can read. What was the last book you read? You were in college. Last thing I read in college was a letter canceling my scholarship when I couldn't play anymore. Okay, high school. I was a hockey player. The only thing I had to read was a scoreboard. And they graduated you? They revered me. I was a god. What a tragic commentary on our times. State championships, my last game. 300 people carried me around their shoulders on the ice. It took the state police two hours to break it up. Mm. He says, the last letter I read was the letter canceling my scholarship when I couldn't play anymore. And apparently the state championship was his last game where 300 people carried him on his shoulders on the ice. It took the state police two hours to break it up. So he he's missing 
missing the ice, missing the action. It's a legend. I don't. I was. I didn't look this up, but it seems like has that ever happened? Like three hundred people jumping on the ice to to hoist a man. Do we? Believe yeah, you that don't often happen? see. That's like more of a college football thing, right? You tear football. down the goalposts. I don't yeah. think people storm the ice <laughs> in hockey. No, three hundred <laughs> people with like skates. I don't know, maybe without it skates? would seem slippery. Maybe in it Minnesota. Maybe in college in the yeah. college scene. I don't. You know. No, I Can't went to a say. school with, uh, again, Boston University. We had a hockey team, so there were a lot of events that they were like, you can run on the ice. It's not easy. It's not fun. It's not pleasant. Yeah, people don't aren't jumping at that opportunity. So, yeah, 300 people ran on the ice and likely slipped, and there's blood everywhere. <laughs> Stay, <laughs> it took two hours to break it up. Lots of peripheral up. vision being compromised oh, in that scene. everywhere. Teeth all over the ice. <laughs> the hockey doctor had his arms full that week, folks. <laughs> no amount of shark piss would make any of those people walk again. Uh, but yeah. yeah, so he's missing missing the high life. And this is also where he dug turns to Kate and says, where did you matriculate from? So what were you planning on doing when your gladiating days were over? You bet your tights I never thought I'd be working on a freak show like this. I'm surprised you don't chuck it all and start your own think tank. So where'd you matriculate from? You were in college. I had tutors. Excellent tutors. You were in college, right? And this is where we learn Kate didn't go to college either. Mm -hmm. Kate lives her life like got that real brown or Ivy League snobbery. Mm -hmm. She only had tutors. And uh, Doug is shot. I mean, she's, yeah, she's a child star. She's a LeBron. Yeah. That's that scans that totally checks out, Christian. And a prisoner, not go to college. She's a prisoner. She's not allowed yeah. to leave the facility to even she, go to college yeah. and experience her life. She's only allowed to skate. Okay, that's it. She's she's a racehorse. She's kept in the stable and fed hay uh, by her father. Um, and yeah, she she has she's never tasted freedom or agency mm-hmm. of any kind. Um, let's yeah. Let's just do this. Uh, I I was kind of trying to decide when to bring this up in conversation, and I think now is as good as time as any. All right. So I've been sort of like stewing and marinating on this thought since our last podcast. We talked about Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan and the Olympics and sort of like, you know, uh, America watching our heroes and these events on TV in the early 90s, our childhood. And I do think our culture had, when it came to Olympians, a particular fascination and obsession, I'll even say, with um, girls. Oh, yeah. Like with, with, uh, you know, whether it was gymnasts, whether it was um, figure skaters, um, we definitely, I think our culture really like adored young, you know, children performing at the highest level. Yes. And, and, and this was not just, this was not just athletes. We see it with child actors. Oh yeah. Uh, Fucking beauty pageants. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's Justin Bieber. Hey, hey, John, my name's Steve. And the third song. Doing, bro? It's my daughter Haley. The third song. Yeah. Hey man, what's your name? Ryan, man, nice to meet you. Hey Steve Baldwin. Well, I see you're in the balance, dude. 
I produced this skateboard video. You did? Yeah, man. So I wanted to give you a copy, huh? Thank you. All right. I don't know who's with you. I could hold on to it for you, but... I guess so. Our culture had a particular, and still has, a particular obsession with young girls. I just want to talk, you know, girl to girl, woman to woman. I think in our weird trajectory of life, you grow up so fast and you're in these like adult jobs and mm. yet you're not an adult but you're like hanging out with other kids sometimes and working with them but your peers aren't kids and yes and what your responsibilities are and what you have access to and yes, definitely like you're the one paying the rent so it's like really weird i always rebelled against authority because like deep down inside i was like I'm paying the rent around here. My parents, like, they did the best that they could. Um, there's no manual on how to raise a child star. And when the child star retorts back after the parent says, you know, you're grounded for sneaking out at three in the morning, whatever. Um, when, you know, I retorted with, well, I pay the bills. What are you going to do? Like, you, what are you going to do to keep me grounded? And so it was challenging. And it was also really, really interesting. Like, I, I started working on set at eight years old on Barney and Friends. Yeah. And so, um, and so I was around adults at eight years old. And I actually, like, always got along better with adults than kids, like, for some reason. I just... That was just always me. And so when I got around a lot of adults, like I felt more comfortable. But, you know, the adults leave work and they go and have a drink. The kids, what did we, you know what I, So it was this weird um, thing to think about, especially then when you become a teenager in Hollywood and your adult peers are, you know, like I said, going to a bar after work or whatever and, and you're 17 thinking, well, what do I get to do to, to play, <laughs> you know? And, and it, it left this weird, you also like, I always, I had this mentality of like, if you're gonna work me like an adult, I get to party like one. Mm -hmm. But the reality was adults weren't partying like I was, <laughs> so. Yeah. Our culture had a particular, and still has a particular obsession with young girls at the Olympics winning gold for our country. You mentioned an athlete that in, in one of our former conversations that, you know, on thought was like, it really is crazy that Carrie Strug, who was in right. the 96 Olympics, I think you said, that yeah. I remember her big moment was that she'd basically broken her foot and like mm -hmm. that everyone's like, get, you can do it. Like in what world oh, yeah. should we ask anyone who just like an adult human to do this? But she broke her, her ankle broke her to ankle. win the gold. Yes. And she and ended up when doing you watch flips. when you watch. So she she like sprained her ankle in like the the event before her final um, like vault. Mm. And she has no business continuing. And she clearly did this final, you know, like flip and breaks her ankle on the landing to win gold. Yeah. She like literally broke her body for us. And um, I, I, I just wanted to point, point this out, have this conversation because it does feel like Moira Kelly's character, Kate, does sort of exemplify what our culture did and has always done to young women, which is sort of, um, you know, 
idealize and sort of project all of our like gross fantasies on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly an odd thing. And I'm honestly, it's good to see people starting to just turn down the pressure. Like Simone Biles had that uh, recently was just like, you know what? This isn't worth it. I quit. I think it's very hard for someone to go through what I've gone through recently. If you think you are the GOAT, quitting is unacceptable. How dare you call her a quitter? The pressure of the world Mm -hmm. on you. And then in addition, you were dealing with that too. Gymnastics doctor Larry Nassar has been arrested. One of the world's most prolific child molesters. My childhood and everything that's happened to me in sleeping was like the closest thing to death for me at that point. And I just remember breaking down and calling my mom. She didn't say anything. She just cried. Nobody wants their daughter to have that happen to them. And that's why I did it. You tweeted this. You said no longer does he have the power to steal our happiness and our joy. For me, I just let gymnastics do the talking. She is just off the charts. No one can come close to Simone. She does not jump off the table. She explodes. A remarkable performance. She's going to show you something you've never seen before. Yeah, Honestly, which took I, like more courage more and like courage strength than... and like and just self realization than like any like athletic performance I can like recall in recent memory. Hundred percent, and I think it's for the best that we are moving past a period of our of our history where we would force people to do this. Like, honestly, the, the games, and again, like, I think this speaks to what we were talking about, that the games actually used to mean so much more. Now people are questioning what is the point of like, going through this, this pageantry. Countries yeah. are like, we're ruining our infrastructure and forcing people to build structures that crumble <laughs> years later. Like, like there's like, been a lot more focus on the just the physical putting on of the games than I can remember in my childhood. And uh, don't care for that. Don't want to know about that. Would rather be able to tune all that out and just enjoy some good old fashioned sports. I just wanted to put one little button on something that I brought up in the last episode and I didn't really have a chance to follow up mm. or bring closure to. But like while we're talking about um, child athletes and stars and uh, like just we idealize them. I think our culture really idealized them and became obsessed with them in a way that we now understand is pretty unhealthy. Um, but I, I brought up the name Bella Caroli, who is Carrie Strug's coach. Mm-hmm. And something I didn't mention about Bella Caroli was uh, in the in in the wave of like me too and and uh you know all, all these sort of accusations coming forward about um abuses in the workplace and stuff bella caroli was uh he was exonerated he was never charged with a crime but he was accused of being abusive towards many like dozens of of female gymnasts But many wonder what really goes on behind closed doors at Caroli's gym. They have questions. Does Bella's Romanian system go too far? Do his rigorous training methods border on abuse? Scared to death of him. That's about it. I regret that I had to go through what I went through. I mean, there's no way or there's no reason for someone to have to go through the, not so much physical pain, but there's mental pain that I don't think any, it's not describable. I push myself probably over any kind of limit. And of course, you know, not just, you know, as, as providing the coaching uh, 
performance, but providing everything, whatever you could strengthen uh, my athletes' performances, conditions, you know, athletic conditions, and and you know uh, that motivational part, which I which I so specifically wanted to change the A attitude. So specifically, I wanted you know to make them beating athletes, stepping on the floor, wanted to win, having the pleasure, the pleasure, and having the satisfaction. Yes, we are the best. We came here to win. Let's see who is around. You know, just like back in those old times. Bella Caroli has his critics. He has his success. And he is living his dream out on the range. Not bad for a guy who used to sweep floors for a living. There were accusations that he starved, beat, psychologically abused um, some of these girls. So... Again, exonerated, never charged with a crime, but... Back on back. For years, Marta and Bella Caroli have trained America's top gymnasts, delivering impressive results. But now, their elite training ranch, located in Huntsville, Texas, is coming under scrutiny following the alleged abuse of young gymnasts committed by the team's doctor, Larry Nasser. When you think about some of the biggest names in gymnastics, and they say they were violated... Here. How does right. that sit with that, you? That, that's awful, but I would say even if they have big names or they have no names, any child who was violated by an Assar, it's a crime and it's so sad. In an exclusive interview airing this Sunday on Dateline, the Carolis open up about the scandal that has rocked competitive gymnastics. I'll tell you what people say now. Okay. How could they not have known this was happening with gymnast after gymnast after gymnast? Yes, but if you couldn't suspect anything, I heard during the testimonies that... Some of the parents were in therapy room with their own child, and Larry Nassar was performing this. And, and they the didn't parent know. couldn't see how I could see. After some gymnasts went public about being abused by Larry Nassar at the Caroli Ranch, USA Gymnastics cut ties with the legendary coaches, saying our most important priority is our athletes and their training environment must reflect this. Now, more of Nassar's alleged victims are speaking out, filing a lawsuit Thursday against USA Gymnastics and other organizations that oversaw the now disgraced doctor. I just... I think, uh, yeah. It's worth noting, to, uh, worth noting for the record, yeah, in case anyone's yeah, like, ah, Bella Crowley, one of my favorite. Yeah, I remember when they talked yeah, about what, that guy what, on what the a podcast. Great guy. Seems, Be seems like a because fun story. I remember, but Ben, that's how I remember him and Carrie Strug was yeah. like, ah, as a child, the the narrative that I was fed through NBC watching the Olympics was mm -hmm. like, oh my God, Carrie Strug, like just put her body on the line and won the gold and that's her grandpa, that's her grandpa coach guy, Bella Caroli, and he picked her up. You know, like there's this iconic image of Bella Caroli holding Carrie Strug and carrying her to the gold medal stand. And, you know, now I look back at this with adult eyes. I'm like, yeah, this whole situation was totally fucked up. So yeah. fucked up. Please stand for the national anthem of the United States of America. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light? It's all eyes on you and the flag. What so proudly we hate. You've heard your anthem a million times before, but it, it means 
a little bit more when you're doing it with a gold medal around your neck. At the twilight's last the moment is surreal. You know, you think, <laughs> everyone says, man, if they get on top of that podium, they're going to cry, they're going to sing their anthem. Time just, but to me, just time just stops. Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight. All the hard work that you have put in to get to that moment, and you realize that moment is there. For the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming. You realize in that moment that this is so much bigger than just yourself. It was a medal for your country. And the rockets the bombs bursting in air through the night that our flag was also be noted when you said Bella Corelli the first time around, I was like, Bella Lugosi? Yeah. <laughs> a gymnast? Wait, <laughs> you still Dracula? alive? I <laughs> prefer to remain and protect those whom you would destroy. You are too late. My blood now flows through her veins. She will live through the centuries to come. As I have lived. <laughs> Dracula was there in the '96 Olympics. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, now there's yeah. a lot of a lot of the behind the scenes of just professional sports. The fact that we, in general, turn a blind eye to what this yeah. does to athletes mentally, emotionally, physically. The coaches that do ridiculous things from what you discussed to just like mentally and psychologically torturing people for greatness. Like we're learning that that is not good <laughs> if yeah. i could say that we have improved as a as a species and that again like i don't i like the olympic games but not at the cost of like knowing that everyone who's involved is like miserable like it's supposed totally. to be fun right and like that is ultimately not to somehow make this a segue but like ultimately doug is talking to kate about like you don't even enjoy any of this yeah and right. like there's no joy in what she does and that is true of it seems figure skating has a level of it's not really about joy. It's like ballet. It's about beauty on a technical level, no matter the cost of what it's doing to your body, what it's doing to your mind. Whereas like hockey is like people enjoy to play it. Like <laughs> I think maybe there are people that enjoy figure skating, but it does not seem that way as an outsider. And that's what Doug is all about. He's like, Kate, eventually they start to have that connection of being like, you got to start enjoying this. And he can tell in that scene at the, you know, at the skating rink that, she has been shut out from the outside world. She hasn't gone to school. She doesn't have yeah. friends. She doesn't have a partner. 
Her dad doesn't really, he's at Raytheon building bombs to blow <laughs> people up to make a vast He's going to go murder some brown people in the Middle East. So Rick, he's got his hands Rick, full. Yeah, yeah Rick. He can, he can is, barely pay attention to her. Yeah. Rick, the former coach, has abandoned her. We heard about Rick and he's gone. Yep. Uh, and now she's stuck Fucking with Rick. Anton Pamchenko, a stoly drinking Ukrainian Russian possible Soviet infiltrator <laughs> and Doug, a Neanderthal construction worker. So, yeah, that's where she is at yeah. this moment. He's never that. formally charged with a crime. Yes, so. <laughs> that's true. Anton Pantrenko so- was also never formally charged of a crime of killing anyone on the Soviet side. Yeah, we have to note all charges against Anton Pamchenko are alleged <laughs> at this point. Allegedly. Yes. Allegedly. Nothing has been, yeah, his lawyers denied. Yeah. I mean, to your point, Christian, like uh, a defining characteristic of Moira's character, uh, Kate, is her being miserable. Yeah, joylessness. To the point where she's joylessness. Yeah, joy, joylessness. She has broken every single one of her partners, and it's a point of pride. She's this brilliant tactician on the ice, and she's so brilliant that she's miserable. She's cancerous. She's like impossible to be around. No one can skate with her. And Doug represents this one sort of beacon of hope, this one like bit of light, a bit of joy. We get a taste here because this is like where she basically offers. She's like, oh, it'd be like fun to try hockey. And he's like, you want to try? And they they have a moment where they actually play hockey. And this is introducing the idea of having fun and enjoying themselves. And I will note, this is my favorite song in the movie. Would you please find someplace else to put your clubs Man, would I love to see you play hockey. Any day. You're better than that. Come on. Uh, I thought it was just a made-up song. It really did sound like a made-up song. Where it was just like an old bluesy song. Just got going. I was like, wow. You know, I've heard other tracks on this album that sounded like they just bought a Casio and hit play on the demo. Maybe this was another track. No, I googled it. It was Chris Isaac's "Diddly Daddy." <laughs> so, "Diddly Daddy" is the actual title of the track. It is Diddly oh, Daddy, no. and the lyrics are Chris, pretty much Chris, right Chris, no, man. <laughs> Diddly Daddy. An absolute classic. Listen. Yeah, Diddly Daddy is a questionable title. It's not as bad as some other jazz swing era, you know, <laughs> song and band uh, titles of, of the of the time. I'm looking at you, Cherry Poppin' Daddies. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, that, let's just that say. weird zoot suit riot mm, phase that we all went through as the Americans. Yeah, the swing, the swing renaissance. If you, it was it, weird. Oof, you had to be there. You really had to be there. I was there and I didn't understand why it was happening. But there was this momentary craze sweeping the nation with adults doing the Zoot Suit Riot. All I knew was that Vince Vaughn and Swingers was into it, and therefore so was I as a 15-year-old. We were into it. Long Uh, time, time, folks. We we all have regrets. Um, But this this does end with Kate slap-shotting Doug in the face. And this is her first time of... Unloading all the rage she's buried. Yeah, it's an incredible moment of catharsis for her. She's really like with that one single shot. She's getting out all of that pent up aggression, all of all of that angst, and and 
right just uh just all the all the emotion that's been you know stored up inside of her finally finally letting uh letting it release and uh and they do a really nice job here shooting this in slow motion the edit in slow motion where you have this primal scream oh, of rage scream. Ben is like, step on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't pick me, baby. Very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Doug gets Doug gets smacked in the face yep. by uh, a Moira Kelly slap shot here, and uh, cut to Ooh, the hospital. We're at the hospital. We are at the hospital. We're in the yep. hospital, and then a- Anton uh, has has his little moment to drop some of that mystical Soviet wisdom. He's the one who wanted to play. It's like those morons who go around insisting that you hit them in the stomach as hard as you can. I don't even know why I'm explaining this to you anyway. I mean, all I did was play a stupid game. Next thing you know, you'd be telling me how guilty I sound. It's not guilt. (laughs) Well, at least we agree on that. It's fear. You've got to be kidding me. I mean, what do I have to be afraid of? Because finally you have found yourself a partner. And he knows, you know, he, he plays all cool with his glasses. He's, he's reading some, you know, Dostoevsky, uh, most likely, or no, maybe it's just a magazine in the, uh, in the hospital waiting room, perhaps. But he says, uh, you know, as, as Kate's trying to kind of like, you know, whatever, like explain away, oh, I don't, I'm, you know, I don't know why I was playing a stupid game. I don't feel, you know, I shouldn't, don't, don't tell me that, uh, that I f- should feel guilty. Like it's, it wasn't my fault, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, Anton just chimes in. Is not guilt, uh, is fear, and Kate's like, "What are you talking about? Well, you got to be kidding me! What do I have to be afraid of?" And uh, Anton just says, "Because finally, you have found yourself a partner. Because Anton is wise, and mm-hmm. uh, you know this is not his first rodeo, and he could see like that was the first time that that Kate had uh, had actually you know expressed joy, and he knows like this is going to work, folks. This is." We got something here. This 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 little project of ours might have some legs. Yep. Yep. Doug gets wheeled out of the uh, the operating room out of the uh, out of the ER room here, and he's he looks like the invisible man. They've put yeah, he's so got a much bandage across the face. face. He's like a yeah. fucking mummy. <laughs> he, is, he is wrapped up in a. I think he's wearing a Chicago Blackhawks jersey, mm-hmm. and just Correct. his face is wrecked. Wrecked. So what when you guys saw this, what were you thinking here? What I mean, I I I was like, all right, he's lost an eye. I mean, he's that injury broke his nose. That yeah. injury looked worse than the 88 Calgary Olympics where he took a soft check into the glass. It did. Moira At least he was wearing a helmet for helmet. that hit. This was no helmet puck straight between <laughs> the, the eyes. The yeah. That is a sh- 1994 yeah. me thinks walk it off champ. 2023 may think CTE, <laughs> this man has brain damage. Oh, my God. I thought you said it was just his nose. What? What's wrong? He's already working with only, what is it, 81% of his peripheral vision? That's gonna, that's getting bumped down to at least 50 or 40 here. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Yeah. So Moira sees this and she's mortified. She, I mean, she knows she has messed up. Big she's time. thinking criminal charges, perhaps, in my future. Yep. Yeah. She's but thinking, no. Like, she's thinking about what makeup regimen are we putting on Doug's face 
Because <laughs> looks count in figure skating. <laughs> That's true. And this true. guy looks like went from the mummy to when he unwraps, he is Frankenstein. Just mm-hmm. stitches down the face. And he he's kind of like, whatever, this is all part of it, babe. It's a and goof, like, though, because he, I think he, he overwraps himself, right? Because he's trying to scare yes. her, he, you know, because that's part of the, as we, as we know, is if you're <laughs> a player or a pimp, you know, you gotta, you always gotta make those ladies a little scared. You gotta keep them, yep. you know. Keep them uneasy. Yep. That's true. Kinda <laughs> un, unstable and, you know, a little, uh, little unsure of uh, what's going on. And, and then he pulls one over and pulls his bandages down and then delivers. What's he say? Topic. Mm-hmm. Topic, which doesn't really Topic. make sense, nope, but is a callback. All. Is a callback. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he he, uh, he gets that one over on her. Um, Moral of the story, Doug's going to be fine. We're laughing it off. We're leaving the ER. And heading straight into our next training montage. This one set to Ride on Time by Black Box. One of the great 90s jams of all time. Yeah, um, I love this exercise montage. This is phenomenal. So I wanted it to yeah. go on for like eight minutes. <laughs> the part where they're pumping iron, doing crunches yeah. off oh my each God. other, glaring at each other, making these like serious angry faces, blaring their teeth. It's, it's really great. The intensity. I phone and ordered gym equipment. It <laughs> It yes. sold me. It, it like, really is. I it's like a solo old... flex ad. Oh, it basically is. It is one hundred percent a bow flex ad. Yeah. It is, everyone's sweating. Oh, there's know? so much sweat. It's glistening. So They're yeah. looking at each other. They're pushing each other to the edge, to the limit. They yeah. know, like, if I can do a few more, a few more pumps, then I'm gonna be better than my partner. Right on time is blasting. Autumnal outdoor jogging too. Mm-hmm. You know, letting us it know. Starts with some light jogging yeah. before they hit that weight room. It's absolutely the kind of location where like a senator whacks a witness. Like it was that kind of <laughs> that kind of forest is what they're running through. Like yeah. A senator calls a young intern who saw too much and then nods to a driver and they shoot him in the back of the head. That's yeah, that's the forest where they're training. That's very true. Those those uh, Washington like Virginia suburbs set like political thrillers Absolutely. always always have someone <laughs> jogging at the beginning of the movie. Yep. Always... Silence of the Lambs begins like that. Right? Yeah. Jogging. Yeah. Marathon Man. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's the kind of situation they're they're pumping, they're getting, they're working together, they're just getting hotter and hornier too. Let's oh yeah. It, let's just put it up. They're getting hotter, hornier. <laughs> the, the horny levels are. <laughs> inching upwards yeah it's horny levels and it's also like it's like an angry horny because like oh yeah they're like pumping which is the most potent form of horniness absolutely yeah but like they're doing curls and looking at each other and they're like oh i am so mad at you yeah i fucking hate you so much i'm gonna sweat harder and get a little (laughs) bit more naked in front of you god damn it i hate you Right, right. Yeah, I'm going to do more push-ups without a shirt on. (laughs) And this all culminates with after they've washed themselves off, that we get what I would consider our second With Honors crossover moment, the Christmas gift exchange. This is uh, really the lesson of is Kate slash Courtney a good gift giver? And the answer to that is a resounding no. We Mm -hmm. learn immediately that she gets a gift for Doug that is so not right for Doug. It's shocking. 
Yeah. It's like a first edition copy of Great Expectations by Charles Dickens. That's correct. That's correct. Is that a good gift? In comparison to With Honors, Monty got what appeared to be a little fountain for a desk. Or perhaps a Chinese pagoda building. <laughs> no. I'm not entirely sure. But it was at least handcrafted uh, mm-hmm. by uh, Moira Kelly's uh, Kate slash Courtney. Um, <laughs> so, but sorry, sorry. Sorry, Christian. Uh, you're moving no away. No yeah, you, for me. you know what, we're, what we have to do. We've got to back it up a little no. bit here. <laughs> a little bit. You skipped yeah. over <laughs> one or two little things. I just want to highlight. This is not a big one, but a little, just a little uh, tidbit here. At 3240 into the film, um, we have just a quick little transition shot here. In between the training montage, um, so first we see there's like a couple little like so after like all the all the uh, you know competitive like working out, we see Kate like falling asleep at the breakfast table and then like waking up and like rushing to get to the rink and and Doug is already there. So what we're seeing here is that Doug is gradually teaching Kate how to have that dog. He's teaching Kate how to want it. She's never worked this hard. She's never, you know, pushed this hard before. But finally yeah. she has this guy to, to, to motivate her, to inspire her. And then at 3240... As... Well, can I add one thing to that, yes. Ben? It's, it's, it's Kate has never... He's teaching her how to have that dog, but also how to have fun with that dog. Mm. He's never... Like, she's never... She's never had that dog in her and had this much fun while having the dog, having the dog. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally agree with that. I'm going frame by frame here. At 3240, we see Doug mm-hmm. complete a one I think that's if not a double axle, I think it's a single axle. Um it's definitely an axle because he goes off the the front. Uh, he 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 goes into the spin uh, facing forward, which is, is the axle is the only jump. We'll get into this later, but uh, he definitely <laughs> he definitely does an axle at thirty two forty. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, Doug learned uh, a pretty difficult, um, if not the most difficult, uh, figure skating move in a matter of how long do we think it's been here, guys? Like, so I wanted it to to. Um, you know, I did a little timeline crunching in my head. So sure. this is before the gift exchange. So at this mm-hmm. point, we are mid-December. Maybe it's, let's say it's the day before Christmas, okay? Just to give them the benefit of the doubt, the timeline's a little, you know, hazy. But it's definitely, this this axle move is uh, completed in the scene prior to the gift exchange, so prior to Christmas. Now, when Doug showed up at the compound in Greenwich, Connecticut, I don't know if you guys caught this, but there was snow on the ground. So there two was years definitely the last from '88. We know that there was two year time jumps that so were at least 1990. <clears throat> so my guess, because oh, I don't think that a year has no. This is definitely like the same like season, right? Like, well, are we thinking all... a whole year has elapsed? Well, if we're getting into Christmas. This has got to be 1991, right? The end of 1991, and we're huh. getting because '88 Olympics has happened. We learned at the beginning of the film that two years after that failure is when we pick up. Yeah, so at least at 1990. Yeah, now we're in December, so I think it's like they're not very far out from the Olympics, folks. At but it's 30. the national. It's the uh, what is it? Is it the nationals, nationals or the world? It's the nationals that they go that they like. You qualify at the nationals, right? Yeah, but you're right. That would have been. Oh God, I never. This is like kind of blowing my mind now. 
because they got to make 1992 Olympics. So, but they wouldn't have passed? skipped ahead because we didn't see any seasons changing or anything from too busy when on the ice skating and pumping iron. Wow. You don't see seasons when you're pumping that much iron. You're just sweating and missing seasons. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um... But my hunch is that it's the end of 19... It's the 90... You're right. The the national championships they compete at in the movie in Chicago is the 1992 U.S. Figure Skating Championships. So that means that they were doing all this training from 90... Like a whole year has elapsed. In my head, I was like, they've been together for like a few weeks. Because we see like... Tony Gilroy thought of it all. Wow. (laughs) Okay. It's been a one-year training montage here. That's kind of, uh, okay, you know what? That's slightly more realistic. Um, All right, Ben approves. Chris, do we we believe it? Do we buy that Doug went from hanging upside down like a monkey, hammering wood, to a year later doing one full axle pretty well? That's not how it played out in my mind, but what you're saying makes total sense, Christian. I I can't see how it's any other way. Yeah, I I totally never put together the the jump from 1990 to to the Nationals in 92. I was under the impression that this was like week two. Yeah. <laughs> or something. I think those but montages it, I, were doing some time. The classic yeah, sports abso- montage, I mean, we're talking months. Yeah. Months maybe, of training. Maybe yeah, that's scans. All right. Yeah. Gosh. You know, so their horniness at this point is off the charts. Because there's it's no right. other. Yeah, they don't have like chemistry. a. chemistry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of buildup. Yeah, they don't have any other like years, like the, the the New Year's party that we'll be getting to and talking about at length. There's they they don't ever ever say the year. They never uh, establish the year like during the New Year's party or any of that. Um, so, all right. Oh, the sideburns on those gentlemen definitely establish that it's the early '90s. The lack of sideburns. We'll get to it. We'll get to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, we do get after. The hospital scene gets us to our Christmas gift exchange. Kate, as I said. Yeah, not so fast. What? It's not possible. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's also... We, there's we're the... going to need to talk about the time code 3247. Oh, uh, boy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recuse myself. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> ben? Uh, yeah, so what we have here, 3247. Um, we you want my hands where? Yeah, no, that's all, I, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. You, you want my hands where? And then Doug says, you got to be kidding. You want my hands where? You got to be kidding. And all I can think is gross. This is uh, every male fantasy. This is Ben's uh, male, you know, gross male fantasy here with uh, Moira Kelly. And um, we'll just describe the frame. We have Doug crouched uh, on his knees, standing, uh, you know, crouched on his knees in front of Moira Kelly's waist. Mm. And the frame of the shot is just... Her butt, you're seeing her butt with her legs splayed apart. She's standing, and Doug is I like... I think we're seeing the, the front. Is we're, basically, we're seeing the front, yeah. not the back of her, with Doug in between her legs, right? Because um, then it pans no. up, and she's facing the camera. So I assume that she was... We're seeing the... Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I think we're seeing from behind her. 
Yeah, you're probably right because you see a little bit of the of kind of her her hands, her hands her that are in front. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, good point. So Doug is basically staring right into her uh, private area. Mm-hmm. Um, you, again, his his forehead is basically at her waist. Yeah, the oh, shot is framed so that he is literally in like a a frame in between yeah. her legs. <laughs> His yeah. hands, it's and we, very deliberately we are done. We're seeing his face through her splayed legs. Yeah. Um, Just the and there's like, direction you And then there's like a from hard Starsky, zoom out. From Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> Just the classy, <laughs> this man came from Starsky and Hutch. You're damn right. He's like. They got knew how to make a movie. Yeah. You know, they got to get that, that butt shot in there. And this is how they did it. Now, to be yeah. fair, this is the scene where they learn to do the old hoist above the head. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, she's so in a harness it, after that. She's spinning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I buy yeah. it. I buy this would happen. You know? I mean, listen, it's part of the sport. Okay. You got to do it. Sometimes you got to put your hands in some, you know, sensitive areas. Let's all be grown up about it. All right. Yeah. Uh, Doug could not be more happy about it. Let's <laughs> let's leave it at that. This is a perk of his job, let's say. Yes. Uh, I think it's fair to say Ben uh, is very upset that he is not Doug right now. Didn't say that. You're putting and, words in my mouth, but I... Yep. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll I will not dignify on. myself with a response to that. As, uh, we'll like to move say. on. <laughs> we'll move on, but yeah, this uh, is... Uh, the Axel, um, folks. Uh, known, also known as the Axel Paulson Jump, named after its inventor, Norwegian figure skater Axel Paulson. So cut to, we have Doug and Moira in a ballet studio, stretching out. <laughs> this is very entertaining. Again, the idea here is that Moira is a ballerina and Doug is a... Is a uh, just, he's a man, goddammit. He doesn't know how to put his leg a on a ballet bar. He's a construction worker. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> he might be able to do an axle, but in the very next scene, he can't actually he can't stretch plea, and eh? touch his toes. Yeah, no, he's not we? stretching. No. At, yeah. you know. But we learned very soon after this that how is he going to get limber? Anton is going <laughs> to. Anton will massage him. him. <laughs> uh, Anton's going to grease him up and massage him. Well, also, right Pancheco before that, in a s- private studio, there's a quick shot of Anton. of Anton celebrating outside, like, th- like, like yes. from in. We see him, like, he's like studying them, of course, like very carefully <laughs> through this whole montage. And then, like, the conclusion of the montage is like Anton, like, walking outside triumphantly, like, pumping his fist. So we yes. know we are making progress. If it is not yeah. clear, uh, Doug is getting good at this. No, and you think he's out there pumping his fist because you you know the implication is that they're getting better. I think he's pumping his fist because it's a massage time. Targets no, so yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's about to he's about to massage Doug. He's like, yes, he's tight. Let's go grease my boy up, and he does. He does very soon after that. Yeah, and Doug. Doug's a hockey guy. These hockey guys are used to this. Just like you know, post game, yeah. uh, you don't know who's doing it, but in this case. It's Pamchenko. Yeah, he's got his he's got his sports uh, his uh, uh, his little like uh, like blazer like kind of like zip down. Uh, now that I'm looking at it, yeah, he's like wearing like a tracksuit with like no undershirt. It's yeah during the massage scene. It's good stuff. And Doug gives a little look. He's like, you know, yeah. they still imply that Doug is you know not totally comfortable with this world. But, yeah, you know. Although at this point, do you think, because I know earlier we discussed that Anton's like, oh, it's fear you're feeling. But do you think Anton's savvy enough to know that Kate's fallen for, uh, for oh, Doug at this point? Yeah. Knows. Anton knows is, horny. yeah. A- Anton knows humans. He's, he's been, he's been studying humans yes. as part of his, you know, 
uh, let's say his military past. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, Hello. Them falling in love was part of the plan. Oh, yeah. He is a a master of psychoanalysis and also perhaps torture, but he knows when... uh, You don't go to Mayhorn. You don't go to Mayhorn, Minnesota and recruit this guy off a construction lot without the (laughs) explicit understanding I am getting this man who will fall in love with a princess back in Greenwich, Connecticut. This is going to work because I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make it work. She's going to fall in love with him on and off the ice. They're going to have incredible chemistry, and we're going to finally get that gold. Going to finally find someone that can hit the shot. The go-to guy. Yes. And yeah, so it's during that massage scene that that Doug and Anton have a very important little exchange. She's got everything. House, the rink. I don't get it. You know something? I don't even think she likes to skate. You worked in factory. You were happy there? Hey, I worked there because I had to. Uh-huh. Doug's like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, why, why would Kate? How could Kate be unhappy? She's, she's got everything. I don't even think she likes to skate. And Pamchenko asks if Doug liked working in a factory. And Doug says, Hey, I worked there because I had to. And Pamchenko says, Uh huh. And suddenly, that's all Doug needs to hear. He, he, it suddenly clicks into place. A little, you know, a little, a uh, little insight into, into Kate's. You know, psychology, the the reason maybe why she doesn't skate with as much joy as uh, and, and passion as Doug has for his hockey is because she has to do this. It was never her decision mm-hmm. to, to do any of this. Very revealing moment there on the massage table <laughs> <laughs> with Anton yes, in his absolutely. zipped down tracks. Yes. Um, All right, Christian, I think uh, I think you've earned it. Why don't I don't know if I have. Through? Wait, no, so he like, hasn't like because to... he's he cut right to the gift exchange and <laughs> and skipped right over the fact that Kate is naked and wet in some kind of like office room. I don't know what this this it's like it seems like she should be in like a bathroom because she clearly just like just got out of a shower, but she's mm-hmm. like standing in what looks like a like a like a boardroom or an office room, like st- like looking out a window. A locker room? It could look like a locker room. What kind room, of locker room has vertical slat, like wooden slat <laughs> shades? Very weird. A Greenwich, a Greenwich, Connecticut. You're right. So then there's there's a knock on the door, and Kate very clearly and very audibly says, Just a moment, please. Just a moment, please. And Doug <laughs> proceeds to open the door and barge right in. Yes. Please don't come in. I'm naked right now. I'm at my most vulnerable. Yeah. Please do not come in. Now, yeah. also to note, Doug does come into the shirt wearing a bright red shirt with the letters W-I-L-G. Oh, God. Yeah, what is I have, that? I have looked it up. Workers Injury Law and Ad- Ad- Advocacy Group. It's a workers' <laughs> right group. Doug <laughs> is fighting for the little man. Oh, my God. He's Doug is a... His- pro-union anti uh capitalist raytheon people he's just letting letting these greenwich folk know holy shit doug is a comrade he's a comrade he's a commie i did not realize that that is amazing w-i-l-g wait are we have we confirmed is it like the same font and stuff uh how many w-i-l-g's i think that shirt was custom made by the prop master but w-i-l-g it's either the 
workers injury law advocacy group or potentially other women's independent living group. But that doesn't seem like what Doug would be doing. Uh, You know, it seems like Doug would not be part of the women's independent living group. But as a construction worker who's lost 18% of his vision, goddamn right he'd be fighting for workers' rights. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's incredible. I'm looking it up now, and you're like, that is definitely the first hit. Like, W-I-L-G... Workers Injury Law and Advocacy <laughs> Group. Oh my God, yeah, I want man. one of those fucking shirts. Absolutely, he's fighting oh. for the little guy. <laughs> he may be a long way from Mayhorn, but he's still fighting for the boys on the docks. Oh yeah, baby! <laughs> yeah. Strike, 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 strike. Um, but he may be fighting for the little guy. But also, when he barges in on Kate uh, in with the, just a towel wrapped around her, uh, his explanation is after she's like. You know, obviously taken aback and startled. He goes, Kate. What the hell are you doing? Did I say come in? Get out. Get out. Get out this second. Kate, I handle this stuff all the time. It's not that big a mystery. Kate, I handle this stuff all the time. It's not that big a mystery. Which is a really weird line to say when you walk (laughs) in on a woman who's naked. Like I guess... I guess they're trying to establish to a degree that they've got a brother sister mm. relationship. Although a brother wouldn't shouldn't be saying that shit either. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now that I say that point. aloud, that's not a good like if I walked into my sister, that wouldn't be like, babe. <laughs> like, hey, it's so, cool. Hey, so yeah. what I do. Yeah, I see no, naked ladies all the time. You can no, just- honestly, it's a very strange, peculiar uh it makes me again think that the Damage to his brain is far greater than Dr. <laughs> Redondo. That the hockey doctor him. ever let on. Yeah, that Orlando doctor or whatever was like, just, it's over, Doug. Yeah. It's just the 18% vision. He's smoking. He's already cut his check. He's not telling him <laughs> that he's got mental brain damage. Why crush this kid even more? <laughs> it's true. It's not necessary. You know. So anyway, so on. now we get to the gift exchange. Okay, yeah. thank you. We can Now you can discuss the, oh, the gift God. exchange. You thank earned God. It. It's all about You've the gift it. exchange. I don't even have much to say about it. <laughs> other than Kate gives a terrible gift. This man who had... Stitches across his face. Well, she's that trying to improve t- him, you know? Yeah, but like... She's doing look, what all women do. She's trying to make uh, her meathead lunk... expectations. Yeah. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's start with this. Moira is unappreciative of the Doug has a gift first. game-worn jersey. Doug has yeah. a gift first. It's let's true. begin, let's begin, you know, let's take this one thing at a time. What's that? Open it up. Come on. I wrapped it myself. I looked in all the stores, but what do you get for the girl who has everything, you know? An old shirt. An old shirt? Bobby Hull wore that sweater. That's, that's Bobby Hull's game sweater. That, I've had that 15 years. Bobby Hull. Forget it, I'll take it. No, no, I like it. No, I'll get you something. No, I like it. Gonna tear it! Well, then let go! So Doug gives Moira a gift. It's a Bobby Hall game-worn jersey. Mm-hmm. It's a sweater. He gives it to her for Christmas. Although, and quick folks, fact checked, technically not game-worn because uh, a, it is a Bobby Hall Chicago Blackhawks jersey, number nine, with Hall's name <laughs> on the back. Hall last played for the Blackhawks in 1972, several years before the NHL had players' names on the backs of jerseys. So but. this 
man bought bad sports memorabilia <laughs> and tried to life. pawn it off as a game worn bought me whole jersey correct <laughs> okay we've, we've got to do better folks we have to do better you thought you could sleep with that one past me doug but no i gotta no. get up a little bit earlier in the morning for that yeah all right so let's talk about uh a frame here mm-hmm. that i have for you guys and that's 3710 mm-hmm. pull it up okay pull it up okay just a few seconds so i'm looking at this frame here and Doug is holding a gift bag that Moira gives him for Christmas. And I'm wondering, what could possibly be in there? Yeah. So I want to I post that question to you guys and see, when you see this frame, obviously you know what happens. But what did you think could possibly be in that bag? My first thought was a bottle of soap. I was going to say Second a personal grooming was, product. That was my first thing that popped <laughs> yeah, in my head. A bottle yes. of cologne. Yes. Third, Literally cologne, sort of soap, first thought. B- body deodorizer, yeah. like a gift set. Maybe a nail clipper. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was Some not thinking <laughs> a copy of Great Expectations. No. Well, they did have the, the discussion earlier. So they, they laid the groundwork with the discussion of what, what did you read recently? Um, so, yeah, you know, they the kind of set it that up. This man barely can read. And she's like, you know what I'm going to do? Yeah. Ratchet it up. Yeah. yeah go- she laid the, exactly. She laid the groundwork that you are a caveman and I am a princess. <laughs> and. But did we see this as like a shot from Kate or like an actual thoughtful, like, hey, like, I'd like, you know, thoughtful I'm not, better. this isn't, this isn't a, no. a, a troll. No. This isn't. No, no, no. This is no. her, this is her attempt to add sincerity. Yeah. Being nice. Yeah. I think so. She's I think, I think. Definitely. And he's immediately like, why didn't you buy me a Nintendo? Like, he's got that look <laughs> on his face. He's like... Which I expected a Nintendo. Yeah, like, why, this, isn't, this, why isn't this beer? Yeah, this should be beer, a hustler, anything but what he gave me. <laughs> can't smokes. say that aloud, though. But yeah. he says it all with his face and his. And yeah. yeah, it might as well be the Bible. Like, it's, it's just... <laughs> it sucks. It oh fucking sucks. What if it was a Bible? <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, it might as well have been the Bible. Yeah. You can listen to Switch. 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 Swit